Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. So good. Hey, um, we believe uh, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever as the Bible says in Hebrews, um, which is really great. And we, uh, we actually believe that when we pray, we actually believe it's impossible to pray a prayer and nothing happen. Whether it's seen straight away or it's unseen, like when Jesus cursed the fig tree and then three days later, something happened immediately, but the result, the fruit, the manifestation of the prayer was only seen two, three days later. Something happened in the roots as he declared, but then something happened. So we really love that we can, we're actually going on a journey as a church to go after authentic relationship where we're seen and known and loved by each other and then we can be open and honest and vulnerable and go on a journey together to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven through kindness and power. So combining these two, this dynamic duo, this combo, kindness and power, that we can be kind, that we can move in power. And uh, last, last week we had a testimony morning and we shared five or six testimonies of what God has been doing um, in the area of the miraculous and healing and it was just phenomenal and and I, t- and I said, we shared a story about a cancerous um, tumour um, becoming benign after doctors saying it wasn't good. And after some prayer, um, it, it became benign. And after we shared that testimony, we shared about how the word testimony actually means do it again. Because God's so good that he loves everyone, not only the person that got healed, but he wants to do it again. So we, I just said it's not uncommon now for uh, tumours to dissolve, cysts to dissolve, and lumps to disappear. And I said, interrupt me any time if that happens. I'm okay with you interrupting my message if God did something incredible. And, um, and, and Wendy, we'll get maybe to share next week, um, Wendy did this, and I said, security! <laughs> but it was a bit of fun, because um, so we've got to have fun in church. And um, went over, and she had a 10 millimetre, so it's one centimetre, 10 millimetre, um, lump, in her neck, and uh, she said it had gone. So that's just incredible. So can we just cheer Jesus? That's just so good. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. He's so much better than we think. He's so much better. If we know Jesus or we don't know Jesus, he is way better than we realize. And often our perception and our, our mind made up about him is a result of what we see what we hear, and our experience. Those three things make up any belief system, any way that we see and view the world. They create the lens in which we view things, everything. What we see, what we hear, and what we experience. And I just want to encourage us all that Jesus is way better than we realize. He's far beyond anything that we could dream of. He's actually the, the, the Christian or not, he's the, he's the answer to the prayer that you've been praying. And I, and, and I can't help but look at the kindness and power of Jesus, but then look at things that are happening in the world, especially the development and the rise and the increase of social media. Um, and I look at the kindness of God and the power of God and the love of God, and then I, and then I look at social media and, and what was meant to be something to connect, it's actually being something that's dividing. 
Anything has pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses. But what we're seeing more and more and more is this, this ugly thing happening where people just criticize, become harsh and mean and abusive and accusational and I'm right and you're wrong and this is my opinion and this is my perspective and this is my lens and I couldn't give a care about what you say. And not only that is I'm going to search your profile and then actually criticize, she's great, um, actually criticize you and get really personal and attack you. So we've got this happening all the time and it's harsh and mean. And this whole deal about us developing as humans and growing and, 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 and it, it's not a Christian thing, it's, it's not necessarily just a religious thing, but it's a worldwide thing where yes, we want to improve. Yes, we want to grow. Yes, we need opinion. Yes, we need feedback. Yes, we need help from other people to point out blind spots and flaws. Of course we do. But the way and the means and the method and the approach that is currently happening across the planet is actually mean and harsh and it's not productive. And, and, and it's sadly, it, it's creeping into religion as well. And, and sadly, again, it's actually creeping into Christianity. This judging, this stereotyping, this, this accusational stuff that Jesus never did or never said. And I really feel like the church needs to step into this place of empathy, kindness and compassion in new levels and new ways that we've never experienced before. To step into empathy, kindness and compassion. Because that sounds like Jesus. He's way better than we realise. What I want to do, I want to look at John chapter 8. If you've got your Bibles or your phones, let's turn there to John chapter 8. I'm going to read a story, then we're going to unpack it. We're going to chat for 10, 10 minutes. So good. Okay, this is Jesus. He's, this is John chapter 8. This is the New Living Translation. We're going to read this text and then we're going to open up the story and I feel like Jesus is going to, is going to really excite, excite us, encourage us and challenge us. Is that cool? You good? Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, verse 2, but early the next morning he was back at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act, say in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd and they said to him, Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, but what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again 
and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she said, No, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Uh, It's a phenomenal piece of writing, this, this phenomenal truth. So what we've got is we've got Jesus. He was born, the the promise of the gospel being good news of great joy. And then he appeared and was baptized in the River Jordan by John. And then the father said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit came came upon him and remained. And then the ministry started. We know the stories that he turned water into wine. He provided wine for people that were already drunk. Already offending people. He started healing the sick. He he started raising the dead. He blind eyes were opening, deaf ears were popping open, people were coming alive. Some Pharisees and religious leaders in the temple on that Sabbath day in the synagogue, as he as he unveiled the scroll of Isaiah 61. And they said, What is happening? And the Bible says that they marveled at the gracious words that flowed from his lips. Something was happening in the hearts of people, so much so that crowds begin to gather. And as we can see in this story, there was momentum because not only was he saying stuff, he was doing stuff. And that's really attractive. We know that. That not only do I want you to say stuff, I want you to, I want you to follow it up. I want you to back up what you're saying. If you believe in miracles, show me. So there's this momentum happening, news spread of him throughout the region, the Bible says. If you look up, do a study on the word crowds, and you'll find 10 to 15 scriptures about a news spread, crowds gathered, crowds pressed in on him. There was this momentum, this, this, this new era of who God was, that Jesus came to represent not the creator, not God, not this big giant being in the universe, but a father. He's revealing a father. He could have said, our creator, our God, our king. But he said, our father who art in heaven. Jesus came to put on display a good father. He came to be the exact representation of his being, Hebrews 1.3. So all this momentum was stirring and the religious leaders, they had a lens over their eyes of what they thought Jesus should come like in majesty and grandeur and splendor and an outward-looking kingdom that they had fixed in their thinking, but he came as a carpenter's son. He came, he came, I won't say ragged, but he came not looking what they thought he was going to look like. And he was, he was flipping upside down their perception of who Jesus is. And I believe that's happening across the earth now, that people's perceptions, Christian and not, their perception of who Jesus really is, is being flipped upside down and it's happening through kindness and power. And we've got this situation where this woman who was caught in the act, she was having sex outside of marriage, 
And I don't know how they caught her or found out. They would have had spies because they were perfect and everyone else wasn't. And they grabbed her. Do you think they would have put a sheet around her? Do you think they would have clothed her? So they threw her out in the dust at the feet of Jesus and said, what are you going to do about it? We've seen the miracles. We've seen the signs and wonders. We've seen the compassion. We've seen you healing on the Sabbath. We've seen this whole deal that you're saying you're, you're the son of God and you're messing with us. You're blaspheming. And they throw her down and says, what are you going to do? Because the law of Moses says that we should kill her to death right now in front of everyone and let her broken, naked body lose its breath. And then Jesus stooped. Can we just say that word, stooped? We use that phrase, oh, I wouldn't stoop to their level, don't we? Or let's not stoop to their level. We use it even in football. If a bad team's playing a good team and the bad team made the good team play bad, oh, they've made them stoop to their level. But we use that, stoop. It's a weird word, but Jesus stooped. You can use your imagination. What was, he, what was happening? He's confronted with this woman and he's required to give an answer to the crowd. I don't know how big the crowd was. But I tell you what, if someone came like that in an area that we've had 400 years of silence in the Christian era and this started happening, I tell you what, news was spreading and that crowd would have been massive. And Jesus is confronted with giving an answer to what are we going to do. It was, I believe it was this tipping point in, in what he was all about. And I believe that in his stooping, he made a stand and he knelt down. And he started writing in the dust. And we don't know what he wrote. Some people say he was writing Psalm 23. I'm like, you don't know that. He was just writing in the dust. And then he said this phenomenal thing. He said, hey, for those that are without sin, go and throw a stone at her. For those that have never sinned or done anything wrong, here's a stone. And one by one, they slipped away. And he, and he spoke to the woman and he said, hey, where are your accusers? And she said, there's no one here. They've all gone. And he goes, okay, they don't condemn you, then neither do I. I mean, this is full on, guys, because she sinned. And Jesus said, I don't condemn you. This is a really big deal. Sin's a big deal. Sin separates us from God. So sin is real. We're not, we're not tippy-toeing around sin. We believe in heaven and hell. We believe in repentance. We believe that we need to confess Jesus and believe in him. We believe all of that. But I'm just staggered that Jesus, with this confrontation, actually said to the woman, I don't condemn you. And what we have here is a manifestation of grace. What we have here is a man that carried grace that was grace. The Bible says that Jesus came in grace and truth. The word grace is this Greek word charis in the Greek, and it means, you know, you want to hear, you want to hear what the word grace means? It means kindness and favor. You look that up in the Greek. It means kindness and favor. And what we had in this picture was Jesus actually demonstrating and modeling kindness. He stooped. He stooped low. He actually got down with her level. 
So we can criticize people from a distance. We can throw stones. We can attack. We can stereotype. We can judge. We can accuse. We can condemn. But I tell you what, I reckon what we need to do is stoop. Because she, she didn't need accusation. She knew how messed up she was. We don't need to remind the world of how bad they are. Guess what? We all know. I know how much I've messed up. I don't need people reminding me. When my head goes on the pillow, I know the mistakes that I've made. When people are so bound by their decisions and choices and the cards that they've been dealt and the people that have abused them, they know how bad they are. They know how much they miss it. They know how hurt they are. They know how wounded they are. And you know what Jesus did? Instead of joining in and saying, yeah, you are no good, let's kill her, he said, hey, I don't condemn you. And then he said this powerful thing, almost an off-the-cuff statement, but very intentional. He said, go and sin no more. How the heck is she going to do that? She is in a lifestyle. It's all she knows. It's probable that she's just crying out for love. That she's got this history of brokenness and hurt. Because let's be honest, the mistakes that we make is just an external manifestation of stuff going on on the inside. And we're so quick to look at the external. We're so quick to jump on the outward appearance and attack. But yet we're, we're slow in stooping. And I really feel that as a church, as a community, as a person claiming to follow the one that stooped, that this incredible picture of heaven crashing down and touching the dust of the earth, that, that heaven not quick to judge, not quick to condemn, but still understanding that sin is an issue. God identified that sin was an issue, that there, there was a separation, there was a chasm, there was a gap, there was a disconnect between the God of the universe, the Father of the universe, and people. And he sent Jesus to be that, that bridge. And it was through the kindness of God that drew people to change the way that they think about him and their behavior and actions followed. So what was it that he was, he was bold enough to just say without any pastoral care, without a team going after her and helping her and following her up, how could he say, now go and leave your life of sin? Because she experienced kindness. And what's kindness? Kindness is grace. What does grace do? If we really filtered down grace with all the verses that use the word grace, all the surrounding verses that use the word grace in the New Testament, if we filtered down grace, we could simply say it means ability. Grace is the enablement, the empowerment, the fuel that allows you, that allows us to do what we couldn't do before. Grace gives you the ability that you didn't have before. Grace is not a learnt, lectured notes on a paper that someday that will get in you. Grace is imparted by God through His Spirit. Because Jesus was grace and is grace and modelled grace, He was able to give it away. Paul said that this grace that we've received, we are to give it away. Remember every writing that Paul did, grace to you, peace to you, 
What do you think that means? Is that just a nice Christian catchphrase? Peace to you, grace to you. No, no, no. He was imparting grace because he knew that what he was presenting, they could not do. So he was actually saying, you know what? I've got grace because Jesus gave to me. He said, tag your it. Jesus said, I am grace, I carry grace, and now I impart grace to you, which gave us the ability to believe in Jesus. And then those that believe in Jesus now have the same grace in them, so that everywhere we go, we are stooping low and extending grace. We're stooping low and extending grace. And why could Jesus say, go and sin no more? Because he released grace through kindness, and it gave her the ability that she didn't have it anymore. It gave her the ability to live a life without sin because of Jesus extending kindness and extending grace. Religion demands change. Religion. Man's attempt to get to God. Religion demands change. Jesus invites and enables. I'll say that again. Religion demands change. Jesus invites and enables. So good. Mitch, can you jump up? We've got a minute. I just want to pray for people. I just love that the message of Jesus to his disciples that were to carry his message in Matthew 10, he was setting them up. He's like, you've seen, you've seen enough now. You've seen that I'm kind. You've seen that I'm merciful. You see, I, I, you've seen that I don't put up with stuff. You've seen that I've got a standard. You've seen that I've got values. You've seen that I, I, I've got principles. You've seen that I've presented that, that often grace is a higher standard. But his message to his disciples that were being sent out to model what he's really like, this was his message. Go and announce that the kingdom of God is now within reach. It's now within reach. And whomsoever will believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. I didn't come into the world to judge and condemn the world, verse 17, but I've come to save them. And it goes on. You can, you can read it. I'm not hiding verse 18, 19, and 20. It says that those that don't believe are already condemned because they love what they're doing. But I tell you what, it is the kindness of God that causes a person to change the way that they think about who Jesus is. And then grace is released. Kindness is released so that they can have the ability that they didn't have before. So can we stand to our feet with every eye closed? That would be so great. Yeah, I feel like his kindness is so strong here today. This is the gospel. It's the gospel. Often you might have heard the word repent. It's not a harsh word. It's the Greek word metanoia. And it simply means to change the way you think with actions and behavior following. 
And the Bible says in Romans 2.4 that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Yes, yeah, so right now, God, I thank you, God, that you are extending kindness today. Yeah, that religion demands change, but you invite and you enable. So we just put ourselves in the position of that woman, and we thank you, God, that you don't condemn us, but you offer kindness that causes transformation.